Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Peak Winnell, your Jam That Champion. I'm joined by your Quizzlemania champion, my intangible co host, Tempest the Wrestler. Hi, Tempest. I'm Tempest. Because <laughs> you can't hit it off the crown. So you've got to no, do it off your desk it's, instead. It's, it's like a soft plastic that doesn't even make a clickety clack sound. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got the crown back, though. I didn't have the crown last week because my stupid AirPods died. Because your AirPods. That's right. That's right. Well, regardless, I'm glad to see it back. Yeah, me too. I really wish that they would have something on there like that would tell you that they're dead in their case, especially Mm. when the battery will just run out if you don't use them for a while. Yep. Stupid. Stupid, stupid technology. Technology is not my friend, Pete. It's really not a Tempest world problem, you might say, with the AirPods. You might, you might, mm. but oh man, technology! It it knows when when you're in a in a tight spot, and it will mm-hmm. not help you. No. Oh lord! Not as soon all. as the machines take over, we're like we're screwed because they they can ruin people's day. It's gonna start small, Pete. When the machines mm. take over, it's gonna be like all the printers will stop working. And all the kids working on their high school assignments will be like, I need this printer! I need to print something now! And none of the parents will believe them. And then it's going to escalate, and the machines are just going to take over more and more small things, and people are going to just collectively lose their minds until they finally get, like, nuclear codes or something. Okay. Um, I, I would say that's a bit of a tinfoil hat experience, but I, I, I feel like you've got a tinfoil hat on already in the form of your crown. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking the about. Same thing. <laughs> No idea what you're talking about. Regardless, how you doing, Tempest? Aside from sort of being freaked out by the end of the world and machines. Mostly that. That's that's me like 90% of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm I'm fine. I'm sore. 
wrestling's hard and yeah just tired and we're going towards SummerSlam where i'm gonna be even more tired this yep oh man i can't i can't wait for my workload to get even bigger in a couple weeks yeah it's gonna be great i can't wait uh but genuinely i actually got i know it's gonna be super busy and i know you don't have the same experience i literally cannot wait to get back in the office again i've been calling to get back into the office since we started working from home and i just i just can't wait to get back around the lads again uh because since um since last march i've seen andy once uh and he, he he he'd gone to the office and he came around to my place and dropped a thing off we met outside very briefly and he handed a thing over and then that was it i have seen ollie once um and i had uh, i i passed by adam once and we had a, exchanged a very awkward hug because we didn't know whether to handshake or hug because we were like are we hugging is that too are we not are we are we jabbed is that covid okay if we hug are, are we okay to yeah it was it was really weird so and that's everyone i've seen since last march so i'm just excited to get back to the office and be around the lads again Pete, I've literally never met any of you. I know, but that's why I'm excited for it, because I used to have it and I took it for granted. And now I don't want to take it for granted anymore. Look at me being a little softy. Um, I know. Um, and also, it's going to be my birthday that week, which is going to be fun. I'm just, I'm just excited, man. I'm just excited. It's going to be a good time. Um, speaking of having a good time. Oh my god! Yesterday, right? So I got my I got my second COVID jab on Monday. Hell yeah, which is good. Um, shout out to walking centers; they're great. Uh, stood in the queue for about an hour and a half in the sun. No sun cream on because I'm an idiot. Oh. Uh, luckily, it was okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, got that done and it was all fine. I felt okay yesterday. I felt a little bit headachey, a little bit tired. Just took some painkillers through the day and I was I was fine. Got towards the end of the day, and I was like, "Man, I'm starting to get pretty tired now. It's fine. I'll I'll just shut everything down. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick something on the TV. I'm just gonna go lie down on the sofa for a bit, and then I immediately passed out for about three hours. And then I woke up, like sat bolt upright, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's 9 p.m. Uh, I need dinner. I need to like do all the things I was supposed to do this evening. <laughs> uh, I'm supposed to be going to bed in like an hour because I need to get up early tomorrow. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to sleep tonight. So yeah, so my my sleep last night was a bit mixed, uh, you mm-hmm. could say, especially because just when I started to get uh, just when I started to get to sleep, uh, I jolted myself awake and sat up in bed and I was like, I haven't paid a bill. So I got on my phone and had to pay that bill right away because I knew I it was overdue because I'd forgotten to pay it. So I literally had that moment. And because I jotted myself awake, I was like, well, I guess I'm awake again now. God damn it. <laughs> was up for another two hours and couldn't get back to sleep again. <sighs> so that was my day yesterday. <laughs> I wish I wish we had like an on-off switch for sleep. Right? You know? Yeah. Where you, you could just like flick the switch and mm-hmm. go to sleep. And then whenever you wake up, it flicks itself back on again. But just that waiting... And just like, well, I'm awake now because I've had this thought, and now I can't, mm-hmm. I can't get that adrenaline out of my system. I just went and just because hmm. I, I, do, I don't get to sleep until like 2 a.m. on Tuesday, and that yeah. is generous. It's usually after that, and then when my body is so nice to just wake me up at 5 a.m. or 5:30 a.m., and then I'm just like, why, why, 
this is the one day where I need sleep as much as possible. And then I have to be up the earliest to be part of uh, our, our Wednesday morning meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hey man. Uh, I'm thinking that that on off switch sounds an awful lot like a machine, mm. but you wanted them. You one of those machines tempest. Pete, don't ask me that. I like you, Pete. <laughs> well, let's get into talking about NXT and we can stop being grumpy old men for a little bit. Uh, oh, you kidding. think I'm going to stop? I was, I was going to say, just kidding, because the lead of this is going to be talking about Index, which got banished and then happened on this show. Uh, so let's talk about it. I'm sure Tempest is going to be a very happy man. So happy. And the first thing we're going to be talking about is what was the main event of this show, which was Johnny Gargano versus Dexter Loomis in the Love Her or Leave Her match. Love Her or Lose Her match? Lose Her, yeah. Do I care enough? I don't know. So I will say the objective facts of what happened. They had a match, (laughs) right? Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano had a match. There was some stuff in it, like Indy Hartwell trying to go underneath the ring, and then she gets pulled out, and Dexter Loomis is with her now. And there was some near falls from Dexter with Candice and Indy kind of distracting Johnny Gargano, and there was like a roll-up from Dexter that almost got Johnny, and oh, no! But then Johnny Gargano comes back into it, hits one final beat, and pins Dexter Loomis. No more Index! Banned! She can't Go after Dexter Loomis anymore because Johnny knows what's best for Indy. So the three of them start walking up the ramp. Indy keeps looking back at Dexter Loomis in the ring. He's looking heartbroken in the ring. Heartbroken, Tempest. And they're walking up the ramp and Indy keeps glancing back. They get to the top and Indy just darts back down to the ring. Luthez presses Dexter Loomis and they just start making out in the ring. Um, and Johnny and Candice are on the ramp like, oh, come I just, Indy, I just won the match. What you do? Why are you doing that for? Oh, man. And then the show went off the air. Um, I'll hand this one to Tempest. So, Tempest, what did you think of this big culmination of this months long story of hashtag index? Well, first of all, I will say to all of you nut jobs who say you need to be objective with your reviews that's what an objective review sounds like this happened this happened this happened that's not how a review works anyway way this this segment listen everybody everybody knows how i feel about index and dexter loomis in general and whatnot watching this I, I was warming up throughout the whole show. You know, like, I this this is the main event. They're building to it. I'm not looking forward to it. I don't think it's going to be a very good match. It's for a storyline that I've not enjoyed. Just getting ramped up to, to hate this. And watching the match, I didn't hate it. Because I thought this was probably the best Dexter Loomis match that I've seen in quite some time. Because they just wrestled. And Sam Shaw, the guy who plays Dexter Loomis, is a good wrestler. 
This has always been a major gripe I've had with this character is that he can have good matches when he's not doing his his weirdo behavior. And with the exception of him crawling under the ring for seemingly no reason. <clears throat> Aside from that moment, this was a very like fine, acceptable match. I thought this was a very solid NXT main event. And then Johnny Gargano gets the win. And I was surprised. I was like, yeah, Jay, let's go. Let's go, Papa John. Let's go. Just being a curmudgeonly old man, not wanting people to get what they want with index and, and whatnot. And then they went and did the kiss anyway. Now, few few things here. Stipulations. Why Why do we have them? Why do we, why, why we promote a match saying like, Hey, if I beat you, you leave her alone. Oh, I beat you. Nah, just going to go do it anyway. Why should I care about any stipulation that you ever, ever promote when you couldn't honor this one for 10 seconds? Why should I care that that's one thing. That's one thing. Second thing. For what reason? Could this kiss have not taken place three months ago? <laughs> we were building to this moment for no reason. There was no, there's no buildup here. I said before that this isn't a story. It's just a series of events because nothing that happens before has influenced what's coming, what's come later. Oh, we had like a two or three week stretch there where they weren't on the same page, but they still have never talked to each other because Dexter Loomis doesn't speak. Okay. Now you could do a lot of really fun, interesting segments and, and vignettes and whatnot of the silent guy on dates and you find Indy Hartwell is really falling for him and you could have some, some pretty funny moments of them out at a restaurant although based on what happened on this show i don't trust the writers of this show to write a, a restaurant skit <sighs> there, there was a lot of potential here i don't like the character but there's potential for entertaining content here why do they like each other the only reason that we've ever seen that they like each other is that they're two pretty people They've never had any emotional connection here. So I, as a viewer, don't have an emotional connection with the romance. I just want a storyline that makes sense, Pete. It's all I want on this show. All I wanted, all I wanted for all of this was to make sense. And every step of the way, it has made zero sense. And then we get to the end of the, the storyline where they say, no, you're not allowed to be together. And that's when they decide to kiss. Just spit in my face as a viewer. <laughs> oh, I was so perfectly fine with the idea of Dexter Loomis just beating Johnny Gargano, hugging and kissing Indy Hartwell, and them having to be like, ah, okay, part of the family, let's give it a go. That booking at least would make some sense. The only way they could have done this worse is if Dexter won the match and Indy turned on him. That's the only way they could have booked this worse and have it made less sense. Mm -hmm. 
Christ almighty. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've not been super into this story either. I will say the crowd were very into it. And there's obviously a lot of people in our chat that are very into it. And I think for those people, this did what it wanted to. It was very kind of soap opera. It was very kind of over-the-top theatrics. And I could see that if I was into this story, I probably would have had a very good time with this match. Because it was like, oh, I really want this person to win. All oh, the near falls kind of thing. The drama, the, the swerves through the match. I think it was booked pretty well in that, in that sense of, if you're into this, you probably would have had a pretty good time with this match. I think it was booked well for the people that enjoy it. Um, aside from the stipulation not making sense at the end. That's um, the part. The match yeah. and everything, I, w I was totally fine with. Mm. But this whole time, I'm very much trying to look at this match and this segment and this, this ongoing storyline and be like, how could this have been done better? And they could have done this better at every step of the way. Yeah. I... <sighs> It's fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. No, no, it's not fine, it. Pete. It's not <laughs> fine. Wins and losses don't matter on this show. And NXT is the, supposed to be the show with the wins and losses that matter. If, if wins and losses don't matter on, on NXT, where do they matter? This is supposed to be, oh my God, I can't deal with it anymore. This is the one that sent me over the edge, Pete. <laughs> I'm right here right now, buddy. <laughs> of all the stipulations to not honor. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So what, what I'd like to do, Tempest, to try and uh, ease some of your worries here. Yeah. I'd like to debut a new segment for this NXT show, okay. uh, which is called, What Does Kevin Owens Think? Um, because Kevin Owens uh, live-tweeted this whole episode of uh, NXT yesterday, and he was hilarious. Uh, during the whole thing uh so kevin owens for for this particular segment and this match said if i were dexter i would simply pull johnny's headband over his eyes thus blinding him and making it easier to defeat him you know that's a good point hey you know that is a good point honestly but he's a heel i guess at heart kevin owens uh so yeah i, I guess that makes sense um th uh, thank you ko there's so many tweets i've got lined up for the show he's oh i love him he's great um but yes i i, I really don't have that much more to add because i it's not that i i i didn't hate this main event it was fine i'm just not super into the story i i get the sense that if i was i would have really enjoyed it and i think that the stipulation being you know ignored immediately afterwards is more it, I think it makes sense because it it wasn't like an NXT management stipulation. It was just like Johnny saying, hey, you shouldn't do this thing. So then they didn't do the thing. It's not like it was like a number one contendership or like, a, oh, if you lose this, you can't challenge for this title or something like that. It was literally just like, you shouldn't see this man. And then Indy was like, screw you, I'm going to do it anyway. Which makes more sense than some other ones. Like, hey, Shane McMahon, if you don't beat Undertaker at WrestleMania 32, you're going to lose... Uh, sorry, if you beat undertaker you'll gain control of raw and then he lost and then he got control of raw that was more dumb i think than this one um but it's the I same mean, thing though it's kind of it's, it's obviously on a much bigger scale considering it's wrestlemania and the mcmahons and whatever but it's the same thing if you're gonna promote something where it's either this or that and then one of them happens and you immediately do the other thing 
what am I watching the match for? Whoever mm. won the match didn't matter. And that, I can't, that's unforgivable. Wrestling matches, wins and losses matter. But otherwise, I agree with you. I agree with everything else that you said. I, I liked the match. I thought the match yeah. was good. I was totally involved with the match. I was ready to give this whole thing a four out of five, be super happy and be like, sorry, guys, you expected me to hate the index thing, but I didn't. And then I did. I sure <laughs> did. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, regardless, let's see what you guys think. Uh, let's get into some of your ultra chats here. Make sure to get in your ultra chats at uh, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Link is at the top of the description. Uh, and I believe in the pinned comment. I haven't checked that. Thanks, Mods, if you did do that. You're great. Um, make sure to get those in because I'm sure you guys have some thoughts. Do you agree with Tempest? Let us know because we'll be reading out all the ones that are five bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air. Get Crasher Forever says, uh, forget Adam Page winning the AEW title. The best long-term storytelling in wrestling has finally reached its conclusion with Index finally kissing. Oh, it's not over. No, it's this, not. This, is, this was the preamble. <sighs> yeah. The intangible one, really, Cliff Beard. Sorry. I, I really didn't expect Dexter Loomis to become my R-Truth. Mm. Yeah, it's true. He really has. Yeah. Damn. Uh the intangible one, he's he's uh he's become he's your nope. Let, let's see if I can get this wording right. Dexter Loomis 
is your he's like your Reginald to me. Yeah, that's about yeah. right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the intangible one, Cliff Beard, said uh, last night Indy took Loomis's breath away because she loves him just the way he is. Uh, but you could say Loomis's place last night became a love shack time after time. No matter how Tempest feels about it, it was a total eclipse of the heart. It's a joke. All these, all these songs yeah. titles. All these, yeah, yeah. Not songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you yep. got your bid in. Yep. Yeah. Not, yeah. Songs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. cool. All right. Let's try and review the rest of this show. I, <laughs> I, I liked just about everything else on the show except for one segment. So um, there was a couple things that I wasn't a huge fan of on the show, but we'll get into that. Perhaps, perhaps we'll disagree then. Let's, let's, yeah, let's maybe. push onwards. But yes, let's get on with the rest of this uh, review, which started off, by the way, they've still got the Ric Flair woo in the opening sting. They really <laughs> work on work on getting rid of that at some point. Oh, man. I remember when they took the, the JR line out of the old, uh, the, the world is watching world and is replaced watching. it yeah. with uh, the champ is here. Yep. I wonder how quick that's going to go. I Again, could be right? like next week, whenever Ric Flair shows up on AEW. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, this episode started off with Hit Row versus Legado del Fantasma, uh, which was uh, Ashanti the Adonis and Top Dollar versus uh, Joaquin Wild and Raul Mendoza, uh, which was a fine little match. I thought it was decent for what it was. I think the it worked because Hit Row was basically work, essentially working as baby faces with LDF working them over for, for most of it. Uh, Top Dollar getting the kind of hot tag. They got a little bit of offense from Adonis in there as well, which was really nice. Uh, and just as Top Dollar's getting fired up and kind of running wild, uh, Santos Escobar on the outside uh, hits Top Dollar with a chair, causing the DQ. Uh, they all get into a big old brawl. Escobar steals Swerve's grill. Oh, no. You can't be doing that. That's nasty. Uh, but then Swerve kind of hits his uh, whatever that finish is that looks really cool, whatever that yeah. is, uh, hits that onto Mendoza, I think. Um, and Hitro kind of stand tall, but Escobar still has got he's stolen the the grill away from Swerve. So you know, cool. Oh, this was fun. Um, I don't know about the DQ finish. Yeah, not a huge fan of that. And especially, it kind of just came out of nowhere. It wasn't like um, Legado del Fantasma were on the cusp of losing or anything because it was just after Top Dollar got, kind of got the hot tag in. So it was before he'd even hit like any like super big moves or anything. It wasn't even like a near fall or anything like that. So I don't know if I like the timing of the DQ finish, but. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, the the DQ finish was the only part of this that I really didn't like. It's just like it was a it was a main roster finish in the middle of NXT here, where it's like, oh yeah, we've got a match DQ finish because we don't want to beat either team. Well, that's lazy. The match was good. I thought the post match was really good. I really really enjoyed how the heels all ganged up on the one babyface, beat him up, kind of left him laying. But then the baby faces regrouped and got the better of the heels and sent them packing without the main baby face taking on the main heel. It was just like it was a perfect back and forth where everyone kind of looks strong, but you're protecting the people that needed the most protection. It was very good stuff. And I can't wait for their match. 
they're probably going to wrestle at TakeOver. And Escobar and, and Scott, that's going to be a good time. Oh, man. I'm very excited for that. But more importantly, what does Kevin Owens think? Let's find oh. out, shall we? Because he said, I knew Escobar was a terrible person the second I saw him wearing that jacket. Oh, man. That was one hell of a jacket he had on. <laughs> yeah. Keep that tweet in mind. Um, we then got uh, Dexter Loomis, who's a bit of a psycho. Just showed him with a load of drawings backstage, and he'd had a serial killer eyes on. I was like, all right, cool. Um, And then we got told that it was going to be Rich Holland in action next. So now, what does Kevin Owens think? He's got some thoughts about this. Rich Holland next. Stay tuned to see if he slams anyone's legs into the ropes. Thanks, KO. Because that's what Rich Holland did last week. Yeah, I I felt like it was probably intentional last week. But it yeah. also didn't look great at the same time. So I was I like, thought it wonder- looked all right. It was a bit of a weird landing, but I yeah. think that was the point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I was just curious to see if he was going to keep doing it. Yeah. 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 Um, then we got Rich Holland versus, and I, I, I've been corrected both ways on how to pronounce this name. Is it Ikemanjiro or Ikemanjiro? I've been told Ikeman. That's how I said it in the the uh, edited review yesterday. So until mm-hmm. until I'm corrected again, I'm gonna say Ekerman. Okay, Ekerman Giro versus Rich Holland. Rich Holland, big kind of return match for him. I thought Holland looked really good in this mm. match. I I I thought his offense looked really convincing. Um, and the biggest reaction was him ripping off the jacket from Giro, which is great. The jacket so is so sick. over. It's so simple. It's such a simple way to get heat in every yeah. match. You just take off the baby face's jacket. Ah, oh, genius. Yeah, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be so, so fun. Uh, obviously, Holland dominated and won. Uh, not much offense from Jiro in this match at all. Uh, but now it's time to return. What does Kevin Owens think about this one? He's got some <laughs> thoughts. I knew Jiro was a great guy the second I saw that jacket. <laughs> he really quickly, is a funny man. Quickly followed by... Not the jacket, you ass! <laughs> As he took <laughs> off the jacket. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. I really like Rich Holland. And I really like their, yeah. their little trio here. I, I said in the, the edited review as well, like, this trio has so much more personality than, like, the Diamond Mine and everything, mm-hmm. where it's just a it's just a few guys from, from other parts of, you know, the country or the world, and they're, they're all tough and gruff and and grizzled and everything and you know that and they exude that kind of confidence of just like yeah you think you're bad step up to me really i don't know what they're gonna do with all this Mm. i presume go ahead with tomaso champa and timothy thatcher for a little bit longer but i i really like this trio yeah i they're really cool and yeah the the promo that pete dunn cut afterwards i thought was really good yeah I, I think Dunn has improved his promo work quite a bit because before he felt a little bit like in, in years gone by, he felt a little bit stilted in his promo style. He had tons of charisma when he was wrestling and just like mm-hmm. his presence and all that stuff. But the actual words he was saying never really came across as legit. But I think now he's really found his groove and he's found a promo style that just kind of fits him a little bit more. Even in the past few months, I think it's kind of felt a little bit off. But this felt like really like hit properly. I thought this was yeah. really, really good stuff from him. Yeah, it was great. Um, after that, Frankie Monet had a backstage segment with uh, Robert Stone and uh, Jessica Mayer, and she said, "Hey, these guys are losers, and we lost because of Robert Stone. So if we're going to do the Robert Stone thing, it needs to be under my management, my way." 
Um, it's like, well, yeah, why weren't you doing that anyway? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also, uh, Karen Sensei's in the chat. Hi, hi, Karen. Oh, hey, Karen. Hi, Karen. Hello. Is that what you want to say? Just say hey. Yeah, no. just want to say hi. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, they then had a video package for Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong. And at the start of the video package, they had Shock the System. Don't yeah. remind me of that theme song and the fact that everyone has worse music now. I, I heard it and I was like, what? I like perked up. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Shock the System. I remember that. It was great. Yeah, man. Oh, man. man. Uh, and then we got a little trade Baxter promo for his uh, breakout tournament thing later. We've already talked about how great these little video packages are. Just being like, hey, I'm this person. This is why I'm in the tournament. Perfect. Yep. Great. So you need. Love it. I would uh, argue this this type of video package is the single thing WWE does best. Yeah. Like yeah. better, better than anything else in their programming or their production or anything. It's these is maybe their documentaries or something. Cause a lot of their documentaries are great too, but these little, little promotional deals in their shows were promoting a new mm -hmm. star in NXT. This is as good as it gets for WWE programming. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And then we got Bobby fish versus Roderick strong. Now this is Bobby fish versus Roderick strong. All of the history these guys have with Undisputed Era and in years gone by. All of their history has led up to this. And it was fine. Sure but was. That, genuinely, that's about all I've got to say about this match. I still don't get Diamond Mine. I don't understand why they're together. Who are you? Why are you here? I... Something's missing from Diamond Mine. Something is lacking. And I don't a think this means missing that, from time. Well, time. yeah. But I, I don't think this means that, you know, they'll never be successful or whatever, or they'll never get over. Like Andrade had a piece missing, and then he got Zelina Vega, and everyone went, that's it. That's the combination. And now you're striking gold, right? Diamond Mine needs something to change. And I it might be a lot. I don't know. Because I like Roddy Strong. I think he's great. I don't what they've done so far, they've been given very limited tools to show who they are and what they can do. They've had a couple matches, which have been fine matches. They haven't really been given a chance to showcase anything more than that. And they've had a very short promo segment with Malcolm Bivens sitting down and, and talking about it. And he's just saying, Diamond Mind is open for business. And like, that's it. There's not much we're gonna, we can get invested in in that. Yeah. Like, we don't know a thing about Hideki Suzuki. No, not, not at all. one thing. We've seen Tyler Rust have one match since since all this was was put put back together, maybe two yeah. matches, two matches, and I I want to like it. I like Roddy Strong. I like Malcolm Bivens. I like Tyler Rust. I know nothing about Hideki Suzuki, but they've given me nothing to latch onto here. It's yeah. like I want to be involved. I I want to like it, but I can't until you give me a reason to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's a shame, and you look at the, a match like this that could be so much, you know. Yeah, a lot of people have pitched the idea of a undisputed era fatal four way match, yeah. and while that sounds great on paper, the way that they have portrayed Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish doesn't lend me to believe that they will ever be involved in the main event angle with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Like they just don't matter on this show. No. It's, it's crazy to me to see the difference between 
the Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly feud and how that's being portrayed versus the Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong feud and how that's yep. being portrayed. And obviously, there's differences in star power there. Obviously, yeah. Adam Cole was like the guy in Undisputed Era. Totally understandable. I get that. But like, it's such a wide gulf between them. It's not even like yeah. one is kind of like upper mid card, one's mid card. It's like, no, one is a main event program and one is undercard. Like, there's such a yeah. big difference between the two programs. It's crazy. Uh, it doesn't but, have to be, though. I that's know. That's crazy thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. But do you know who does have some thoughts? It's Kevin Owens. What does uh, Kevin Owens think? He's got some thoughts about this. Little known fact. I'm also a member of the Diamond Mine, but I don't have to do anything because I wore a Malcolm Bivens shirt on SmackDown once. The other guys, <laughs> uh, the other guys pay Bivens a membership fee. Also you followed know, by... Oh, sorry. Also followed no, I was... by... <laughs> I wrestled Roderick Strong for the first time in 2004. And not only was he already a master of backbreakers, he had that exact haircut too. A man who values consistency. NXT, I love Kevin Owens. NXT didn't exist in 2004. <laughs> yeah, what? How did he wrestle him in 2004? That's crazy. Kevin Owens didn't exist before 2014. That's true. He was Kevin Steen. I know my wrestling history. Look at you, <laughs> Pete. What was Roddy's uh, nickname? His nickname? His nickname. You know Strong your wrestling history. man. <laughs> Nailed it. The Messiah shout of the Backbreaker. Yeah, okay. Shout yeah. out shout out to Mr. ROH. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell you what. Weirdly, I've I've listened to a ton of podcasts lately. I've been going back and listening to a lot of old WrestleTalk extras just because there's there's been quite a few that I haven't listened to. I was going back and I put on uh ECW One Night Stand 2006, which is the only WrestleTalk extra that I've been on, right? Mm. And what a show for someone who's not a huge fan of terrible no subjective for someone who's not a fan of hardcore wrestling uh and just like overly just like i'm just gonna cut you open now kind of wrestling not a huge fan of that what a show for me to get um but also i was stunned at the start of it at my own knowledge that i kept spouting out. i was like how did i know that about this thing what's happened to that guy who was seemingly passionate about wrestling and it was like, uh, uh, I think Ollie was saying something about like, oh, uh, what were the other shows that we could have been reviewing this month? And was this a month? I was like, oh yeah, that's a show where this thing happened. I was like, how do I Pete, know that? I don't, don't know, know that, that now. now. <laughs> yeah. How did I know that? That's weird. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, after that, we got LA Knight and Cameron Grimes backstage. Uh-huh. Which also led into the night, uh, night and Grimes tag match against the Grizzled Young Veterans, which was set up last week through the the vignettes. Uh-huh. I don't get their dynamic anymore. I thought I understood it, and now I don't, because it's like, <sighs> okay, so they were backstage, and Grimes was saying like, "I've got your back because I'm your butler," but I want to know, do you have my back? And he was like, "Why would Knight have your back? What has led you to believe that Knight would have your back at all?" Mr. Grimes. Sure. Had the backstage segment, Knight made Grimes polish his shoes. Knight and Grimes versus Grizzled Young Vets. My first note for this was, I'm going to be mad if Grizzled Young Vets lose this. Thank God they didn't. Um, oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, and then I put shout out to Grimes wrestling in his butler outfit. Um, Knight abandons Grimes like a few minutes into this match. Grimes goes for a tag and Knight jumps off the apron and leaves him. Grimes then gets a hope spot, kind of takes off some of his butler outfit and starts 
beating up both the Grizzly Young Vets at the same time, but then they they beat him up and hit the Tigs and Mayhem and win. And then Ted DiBiase comes out and kind of helps him out of the green and being like, come on, champ, let's go. You're better than this. Blah, 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 blah. Arm over the shoulder. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out. Now I don't get it. And especially because on the entrance of this match as well, Grimes was looking really put out. And he was like, oh, this, this night guy, I'm grumble, grumble, grumble. This night guy is making my life miserable. And it's like the whole story that we've been told so far is that Grimes doesn't care about it. Grimes is literally just like, hey, it doesn't matter. I, I could be a butler. And he's kind of undermining Knight every possible chance he get. And then there was the weird thing at end of last week where they were teasing a kind of sort of being on the same page for this one. And then they obviously weren't. And then Grimes was getting actually annoyed about Knight. And then he was shocked when he betrayed him for some reason, even though Grimes has been undermining him at every possible opportunity. And then Grizzly Young Vets beat him up and lost. And then Grimes is like, oh man, no, no, I, got, I got screwed over. And it's like, well, you've been... how did you not see this? coming at all and now they're completely not on the same page at all and now knight actually got the last laugh out of this one which is kind of what they should have been doing from the start but grimes has been doing the undermining i just don't where's it going i'm confused as to what week order we're in everything yeah. seems to be completely jumbled in this story and i don't i don't get it yeah i i'll be mr positivity here i thought cameron grimes was fantastic in this match i yeah. thought his his baby face fire and everything when he was taking on both Grizzle Jung veterans at the same time was fantastic. And they, of course, are a fantastic team and they hit their ticket to mayhem and everything that happened there was very good. Whatever happened within the context of the wrestling match, love that. Mm. I don't I also don't really get where we where we are in the storyline, where we're going in the storyline. Because I would imagine that the end goal here is to put the million dollar championship on Cameron Grimes. Probably, you know, since since all this Ted DiBiase stuff started, I would for I would think that that is the destination. But the route that we've taken to get there has just been windy as hell. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about everything right now. Why would Cameron Grimes be feel betrayed by all this, considering he has to be a butler because he got DDT'd on a belt. Uh, he cheated to beat you. He's mm -hmm. not a good guy. Yeah. Whatever. My my thing in this match also, and I had to cut this from the, uh, the edited review for the sake of time. It's a small detail, and this is going to sound nitpicky, and it is. But LA Knight jumps off the apron to, to leave Cameron Grimes out to dry, right? Why did he not do that at the beginning of the match? Uh, you know like why yeah. why why did he wait why did he get in the ring and wrestle because nothing within the context of the match itself would make him change his mind about what's going on yeah. and that's just like it's a small detail but it's things like this that i watch and then pick up i was like well that doesn't make sense mm -hmm. and if it makes me think it doesn't make sense even for a second you've lost me and I then have to get back into the match. And thankfully here, I was able to get back into the match because Cameron Grimes was so great. But it's like, why? I feel like a lot of these things need a reason. And mm -hmm. I don't have a reason for a lot of what happened in this match. And just, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shockingly, Kevin Owens did not tweet about this match at all. Lame. Wild. Come on, Kevin. I know. But it was all right. 
Do you know why? Because we've got a really awesome promo video next from Dakota Kai. I yeah. thought this, this ruled. I thought this was no, an awesome video package. So this was basically, yeah, easily. And I thought this did such a good job explaining basically the entire story arc of Raquel Gonzalez in NXT, of how Dakota Kai found her from the Mae Young Classic and brought her in and cherished her. And she was a person who she was she was designed to look out for Dakota Kai and make Dakota Kai a star. But then she became a star in her own right. Io Shirai, NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, she chose Raquel Gonzalez over Dakota Kai. Now Dakota Kai is someone's sidekick and she is nobody's sidekick. And she brought Raquel Gonzalez into this world and now she's going to take her out. This was awesome. It explained everything. It all made sense. And all of the subtle character work that Dakota Kai has been doing for months on end, basically since Raquel's been in the NXT women's title picture, all paid off for this. And it made so much sense. I love it. Yeah. They they did such a good job of exactly showing what her motivations are. Yes. Because so often it's just like, it's what, what are the motivations? What do people care about? Why do they want this match? All, other than just, I want to be a champion. I want to win. No, she has deep character motivations here because of a relationship that she's had for the last 18 months. And she did a very good job of expressing how she feels, why we should care and what she's going to do next. This is like a perfect little segment here. Like this yeah. is as good as it gets in terms of a very quick explanation of a heel turn into a match that yes. you can't ask for anything more than that. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it was perfect. It was a perfect segment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but interestingly, what does Kevin Owens think? We've got to find out because he's got some thoughts here. He says Dakota didn't want to be known as Raquel's sidekick. So she hits her with a sidekick. Get it? <laughs> Genius. Thank she you, KO. Should, she should absolutely get a new finisher and have it be like a kick to the side of the head and call it the sidekick. Call it the sidekick. Oh, man. It would actually. be better than the go-to kick. Go-to kick. That's the name of her finisher. Go-to kick. It doesn't make sense. Call it the sidekick. Really stupid. Go-to kick. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> after this, uh, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano backstage saying they'll end index for good. They're both very good promos. Uh, and then we got uh, the next in the breakout tournament, which was Trey Baxter versus Joe Gacy. My first tweet, uh, my first, my first tweet, my first note about this. I'm thinking about Kevin Owens already. Uh, my first note about this is Joe Gacy looks cool. I thought he has yeah. a very cool look. And I like that. I thought Joe Gacy looked really good. I thought Trey Baxter looked really good. And Trey Baxter won. Yeah. Fun little match that Joe Gacy gets over in defeat. I thought I'd be excited to see more of him on NXT going forward. I'm excited to see Trey Baxter go up against Odyssey Jones in the semifinal. Good. Love it. Good stuff. Yeah, it was really, really solid. You know, I yeah. didn't necessarily think it was quite as good as the Carmelo Hayes match from last week, but that doesn't mean that it was bad. I thought the two matches were pretty similar, though, you know, because it was the mm. it was the small baby face going up against the big heel. I thought that Joe Gacy was a lot more mobile than Josh Briggs was last week. And just that he was moving around a lot quicker and doing a lot more. Whereas Josh Briggs just kind of was the big man slamming you around and still doing a very good job at that. I like both matches mm. a lot. Trey Baxter was very, very good in this match. 
he's got a lot of really good high flying. I still think he's got a bit of a heel face, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like he's going to be someone who turns on someone. Yeah. However, just in case people missed it in the edited review, I do have to point out and be a buzzkill here. Oh, they, they call this if this finish the 450 stomp. Yeah. There's no such thing as a 450 stomp. <laughs> That's not how physics work. It's a 360 stomp. It's a 360 stomp. <laughs> it's a 360 stomp. But they they don't call it a 360 stomp because he does a flip and that's not that's not Oh god. Man, uh, uh, oh god. Well, yeah. It's like, fine. Here here's you on the top rope, right? Yeah. And then you do a full 360 degree yep. rotation and you land on your feet. Yep. That's the move. 450 yep. is because they land on their stomach. Yeah. It's the extra rotation. The yeah. I'm trying to figure out how you could do a 450 stomp. You'd have to start like parallel to the mat. You'd have to start <laughs> on your stomach on the top rope, push Wait, no. yourself up, and Wouldn't flip it be... yourself over. Would it be? Let's think. You'd have to start in a headstand, right? No, that would be a six th- six thirty stomp or something. I don't know. Maybe no, no, no. You're, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. It wouldn't be a headstand. You'd be uh, with your. You'd be lying face up. You'd be lying face right, up. Right, you'd that be on your back. Yeah, you'd be on right, your back, yeah. facing up. And that, yeah. and then you'd go yeah, and land yeah. on your feet, and that would be a 450 stop. Yeah. Christ. Anyway, <laughs> let's just get used to it, because they ain't going to stop. Uh, go- oh, this is going to be Luke. a thing for me. Luke! Luke! Stop it! <laughs> Got oh. to 450 stop. Um, but more importantly, though, what does Kevin Owens think? I'm on the edge of my seat here. Comes in with another tweet saying, the winner of this match will go on to the next round to lose to Odyssey Jones. Neat. We'll see. Honestly, I, w- I want Odyssey Jones to... I really like Odyssey Jones. And I mm-hmm. think it tells a story. It might get a bit old because they've done a lot of big man versus small man matches in the breakout tournament so far. And they're going right. to do another one with Jones versus Baxter. But if Jones wins that and goes on to the final against Carmelo Hayes and they have a big man versus small man thing in there, I think both of them could do that very well. I think it'd be a fun match if they did want to do it. That's just yeah. me. I, I, this is probably the first match of the tournament where I think it could go either way. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not going to be sad either way. I still think my initial prediction of Trey Baxter versus Carmelo Hayes for the final, I'm still sticking with that. I still think he's going to win, but I could be wrong and Odyssey Jones could win. And I'm not going to be upset about it. Yeah, totally fair. After this, we got a thing I didn't like. Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. This was like the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> In a restaurant. <laughs> and Io Shirai is ordering some Japanese food. And there's a Japanese waitress who she's talking to in Japanese. And Zoe Stark is like, I don't understand what's going on. I don't speak Japanese. And she's pulling faces like... The whole time, which is really distracting. Who um, wrote this segment? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Who did this? I demand to know. Explain and then, yourself. And then they got food, and then Ia was like, oh, I really like this. And then Zoe Stark didn't know how to use chopsticks because she pulled them apart, and then she threw one of them away, and she was like, oh, God, I guess I'll use a fork. 
And then she ate, ate it and then she didn't like it and then had to like spit it out into tissues and then throw it onto the floor surreptitiously. So it looked like she was still enjoying it. And then at one point the waitress there and then she threw the food against the window because that's what you do when you don't like food, I guess. And then the, uh, the, she was like, Hey, EO, we've grown so much closer because of the food that we now like together. And then EO was like, uh, here's the bill pay for it. And then she didn't because the waitress came over and then she was like, Oh yeah. Are you Japanese? She goes, no, I'm from Kansas. And she goes, Kansas. <laughs> and then doesn't pay I... the bill. And then, and then walks out. I, I don't really understand hope. what the segment was. I do not understand what happened. I really thought that we were beyond the, oh, that person's from a different place. Ha ha ha, that's the joke. I thought right? we were past that in 2021. Yeah. You know, like, honest to God, this was one of the worst WWE segments that I've seen this year. <laughs> you're supposed You're supposed to make me want to see these two bond. The only thing I got out of this was that never go out to eat with Zoe Stark because she's a <laughs> four-year-old. Yes. She's a goddamn four-year-old. She's <laughs> spitting her food out and throwing it on the floor. Hold on. I've just got to bring this one up. You ever watched the comedy routine? It was comedy and nothing more. I sure have. And this wasn't one of them. This was no. not a comedy routine because it wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, again, comedy subjective. I feel like we say that every time. But if the joke is, <laughs> they're from somewhere else. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. That's not funny. No, not <laughs> at all. It's not funny. I don't I like Zoe Stark significantly less after this segment. Yes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. significantly. She's basically a heel to me now. It's wild. How will they coexist? How One's from America. Coexist? One's I... from Japan. How? How can they ever? Oh my god. Jeez. Like I I can't we oh my mind is exploding about this segment. Like yeah, how I, many times I, I think, how many times have we had like the discussion on online just in general as a society of like hey white white folk stop going up to person from another country and be like so so where are you from? Mm. And being like oh no I'm I'm from Kansas and you're like what? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever wrote this stop it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my it, god. I don't know who thought. Let's take Zoe Stark, new person in NXT, who's doing okay. She's doing decent. She's doing good in ring work. Yeah. Doesn't seem to have a lot of like amazing personality or charisma outside of it, but she's okay. And then they said, "Let's make her do comedy." Mm. What a terrible idea! I don't really blame Zoe Stark for this at all because she's just been thrown into this while clearly yeah. not being ready for it. And they just got. Now they've got Io Shirai, former NXT Women's Champion and like coolest wrestler they have on the roster. And she's just doing, I like sushi. Like that, that's a, that's a freaking character right here. That yeah. is See, wild. Not even Luke can break character because he knows I'm right. Damn, yeah. dude. Yeah, just blah. <laughs> Oh my god. Ugh. Oh my anyway. god. Oh, we god, talked this, about why why doesn't Eo Shirai like Zoe Stark last week? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I get it now. 
If this is just how she is, I don't think Zoe Stark either. <laughs> Why doesn't she ever like Zoe Stark? Uh, Indie oh Hartwell cut a promo backstage. She's really good at her role. Even if you don't yeah. like the story, her promo style is very funny. And mm. it was like the whoever the backstage interviewer is, sorry, I don't know her name, and we're saying, and coming up later, uh, Dexter Loomis will be facing jo- uh, Johnny Gargano in a, in a lover or leave her match, lover or loser match, I keep saying that. And when she said lover or loser, she was like, love her or lose her. And it's just like, <laughs> her face like went with the with the uh, the backstage announcer. She's very funny. I think See, was comedy. Funny. Yeah, that's actually funny. 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 That's funny. Um, then a very quick segment of uh, Karrion Cross came out onto the uh st- stood up on the announce desk and uh and was just like hey joe screw you basically it was the yeah. subtitle of the promo uh and then joe comes out and this is the joe i love i love this Samoa. just beat up some nameless security guards for me that's what yeah. joe does best he's the greatest at this and he beat up some security and it was really cool and he choked out one of them and said i'm coming for you into the camera yeah, let's go, Joe. Yeah, Love this this is great. This is, he's perfect in this role. Yeah. Genuinely, like it's it's a perfect wrestler doing the role that is meant for him. Just the yeah. ass kicker mowing down a group of security guys. Like it's perfect. It's perfect. And unfortunately, someone pointed out in the news video that's like, oh, Tempest didn't talk about this and that. I was like, yeah, well, I got a lot to try and cram into five minutes. Yeah, this was one of the segments that got cut, but I love this segment. It's it's short. It's short and it's simple and it makes me want to see the match more. That mm-hmm. gets a thumbs up. That is a successful segment. Do you want to know what also made me want to match more? Oh, this Walter versus Dragonoff video package we got. Oh, oh my god! I cannot wait for this match. I love the first Walter Dragonoff match. I thought it was an yeah. awesome match, and this one just made me want to watch this one even more. This was such a good video package of them just talking about the history of those two in their first match they got loads of people talking about it they got a load of names of like Seamus and Drew McIntyre and loads of like uh people that you'd recognize to come on and talk about their first match Ilya saying that like hey man I, I felt different after that first match like I felt broken and everyone was praising the match but people only remember the people that win and the people who lose will be forgotten in time and he's like I need to come out and I need to win this next match and they have like the whole press conference thing and Walter being like, uh, just getting annoyed and throwing his chair off and just being like, look at me, Ilya. And Ilya can't look at him. It's just like, oh, mm, so much good stuff. I cannot wait for this match. This made me so excited to watch it. I think Adam at one point said that he thinks Ilya Dragunov is going to win this second match. And at, at the time yeah. I was like, what? Walter <laughs> losing? Inconceivable. Yeah. After this video package, I buy it. I yep. think I think I think Dragonov probably too. beats him, and I'm I'm yeah. gonna lose my mind. Just like, oh my god, it's it's amazing what happens when you put a title on a guy for like two and a half years, right? Yeah, you know? God, <laughs> I just wish this was in an arena. If there's gonna be yeah. like a big moment, a big crowning moment for Ilya, I'm glad it's in front of some fans because their first match was in front of no one. Um, but if this is gonna be the big crowning moment, I wish it did have more people there. But that's fine. Uh, yeah. But for the final time, this review, what does Kevin Owens think? Because he's got some thoughts. This Walter versus Dragonoff rematch might rule, huh? Maybe. Yeah, it might. <laughs> God, I'm so excited. Absolutely. Thanks, uh, Thanks uh, Owens. Takeover's gonna just rule. 
gonna be so good this year. I really hope this takeover is gonna be awesome. It's got really good cards so far. So um mm-hmm. we then got uh Kushida cutting a little promo, uh giving Roderick Strong a cruiserweight championship match, which happened at some point, which is cool. Next week we've got Amber Moon versus Saray. That should be a fun match, I would assume. Both mm-hmm. pretty good. Sure. Ilya, yeah. I- Ilya Dragonoff is gonna be there next week. Cool. Cool. And Raquel Gonzalez is gonna break her silence since Dakota's turn. Should also be cool. Then we've got the main event match, which we already spoke about, with Gargano versus Loomis. I thought this show was all right. It was there. Nothing too special. There was some progression towards TakeOver. Not a lot. Not a lot. There was some. Yeah. Like, the best best things on the show to me were, like, the video packages. And that's Mm -hmm. still only, like, three minutes at a time. Whereas, like, none of the matches really grabbed me in that way. Like the main event was probably the closest and then the post-match and blah, blah, blah. But otherwise, like none of the matches here were particularly memorable. I'm probably going like three out of five for, for this show. Yeah. It was, it was, it was all right. Just not terribly memorable. Let's get into the rest of your ultra chats here. Um, yeah, last chance to get those in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Links at the top of the description and I think in the pinned comment. Um, the intangible one, Cliff Beard, says, uh, on a more serious note, though, about the index story, I can't wait for the funny skits they do, like a karaoke duet love song with just Indy singing or Loomis and Indy doing the scene from Ghost with them playing with Clay. I think that could be fun. And I think that's probably the stuff they should have done a long time ago. Yep. Should have been doing that the whole time. At the same time, after watching this Zoe Stark thing, I don't trust this team to write comedy. God, yeah. <laughs> How is no. it possible? How is it possible that this oh, no. this segment and the the Cameron Grimes uh, LA Night Golf Course segments were I, they're not written by the same people? They can't be I, written by the same people. And I will say, in fairness, Cameron Grimes is much funnier than Zoe Stark. Naturally, that's true. And I think Indy Hartwell is naturally quite funny. So I think. They have a chance of doing some good stuff with her. And I think Dexter Loomis will play a very good kind of straight man to Indy's charisma. Maybe. To her straight woman. To her straight woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Um, oh, no. That's um, a long name. Jam in the Jar holder and only Grand Jam champion in WrestleTalk history, Luke Owen, donated loads. It literally says pound sign, loads which I'm going to assume Luke has just gone onto the ultra chat doc and just typed this in himself and not actually ultra chatted money. It's probably you know, what I'm going to assume. I saw one of these being typed out as opposed to copy and pasted. I was like, what is going on? But wasn't thinking too much about it. That mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Uh, this ultra chat says index rules. This story rules. Love conquers all. Love found a way. I love love. Tempest actually loves it. He told me in our private video calls we have every morning where we ship index stories. Much love, like index have. Hashtag Temdex for life. Don't like Temdex. It could just be Texter. Texter is much better than Temdex. Yeah, come on, guys. Is it a thing with with ship names that they have to be intentionally bad? You know? Is that a thing? I don't know. Like so much of the time, I'm just like, well, it very clearly could be that thing. But then they go with the other combination mm-hmm. of names and then it's mm-hmm. worse. I feel like it has to be done on purpose. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'll just say yes. Uh, it's kind of yeah. like how we named the, 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 the jam pay-per-views. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. Uh, Wrestle Jam Your Back Jam uh, is a great one. Uh, uh, we've got another old chat here from uh, Charlie Davis saying, this has been bothering me for a bit, but it feels like when the Undisputed Era dissolved, it hardly affected the members. The Undisputed Era ruled NXT. Why does it feel like it didn't even exist? That's my main problem with all of this. It seems like it just didn't matter. I agree with you apart from what we're seeing with Kyle O'Reilly right now. Mm. Uh, his kind of mental breakdown he's going through and being like, I used to win championships and now I'm not. Uh-oh. Is that's a good little fallout from that. I really like that. Everyone else, though, totally agree. I, it makes sense for Adam Cole for him to just be like, <laughs> I was the Undisputed Era and I'm still awesome. Uh, and that's fine. But yeah, especially Roddy and Bobby, it's like, they're just there now. Bobby's like, I'm good now. And Roddy's like, I've got some new people. Yeah. The way the way Adam Cole comes across to me right now is kind of like how Roman Reigns did after the Shield broke up, mm. where Roman Reigns was just Shield man, and right now yeah. Adam Cole kind of feels like Undisputed Era man. He's a little bit different. They gave him new music, it's worse music, but like he's the one that, aside from the short babyface run the Undisputed Era had, he feels like the same guy that he was. Mm a year ago at this time, whereas everyone else feels at least like a different character. That's not, that's not saying it's, it's good or bad, but it's just to his point that a lot of this uh, doesn't feel like it's mattered a whole lot. I kind of feel that way with Adam Cole a little bit, you know, like Adam Cole doesn't feel yeah. like a greatly different character than he was a year ago as NXT champion. No, that's fair. I'll give you that. I would probably say that if anyone does need to change, Adam Cole's probably one of the least likely people that does need to change. That's and true. I also and I also think that they made it quite clear during his time with the Undisputed Era that he is he was the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole is mm -hmm. the guy in Undisputed Era. And Kyler Wright is now trying to prove himself to prove that he wasn't just some guy underneath Adam Cole in Undisputed Era. Whereas I think people have a lot of people had a problem with Roman Reigns and the Shield because the Shield were three equal guys and everyone liked these three individuals that made up this super awesome team. And the other two became not Shield and Roman Reigns was Shield. And right. I think that that was probably people's gripe with it. Whereas I think Adam Cole is now like the, the leader of the Undisputed Era and has maintained more of the Undisputed Era, which makes more sense. Whereas Roman Reigns wasn't the leader and just became the Shield guy, which was a bit jarring yeah that'd be my enough. take anyway that'd yeah. be my take. no I'm, I'm with you and before before we head off uh mr lasagna here tempest acts like nxt is raw you haven't heard me talk about raw my friend <laughs> i don't think you want to i don't think it'll make no. a very fun show <laughs> there's a reason i don't review that show yeah uh i i know it's been it, it was like thrown out at some point before i don't know whether it was just like in a chat or in some meeting or whatever and people say oh yeah we could have this thing on the line where like pete and tempest would have would have to review raw for a month i was like don't no, do that don't do, don't that. do that we would turn away so many viewers because we would just be miserable the whole time and luke and ollie do you know i don't like to praise them too much but they do a very good job of still making the show very entertaining and they have fun while they're still reviewing a very bad show we wouldn't do that. We would just be miserable because it's a bad show. Go yeah. On. If I had to spend my yeah. Monday nights watching Raw, I'd not be a happy camper. No. At exactly. all.
got some emails here for you, Tempest. Cool. Uh, send in your emails to support at wrestletalk.com. And, uh, you, know what you, you know what you use to, to send them an email? A machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's it's our preferred form of... of uh, what's the word? Contact? Communication? Yeah, that's yeah. sure that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, tired, yeah. Pete. One of those. <laughs> it's all right. Everyone has already heard your amazing rant about Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. And oh, you've yeah. woken yourself up through that. Right? I've absolutely gotten it out of my system. Yes, totally. Um... We've got an email here from Ethan. Uh, it says, good time of day, champions. This is just called, the, the subject of this email is just intangibles, hot take. Doesn't say about what, just a hot take. Okay. Very vague, good, time right? of, good time of day, champions. Pokemon, even though a great franchise, has too many damn movies. And Detective Pikachu was a horrid live action movie. Regards, oh. Ethan. That is That is a hot take. That is a hot take. I, I can agree with them the too many movies. I mean, sure, but like the anime movies as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, Dragon Ball fine. Z has a hundred movies. Yeah. Like, they do. They just put out a movie fine. a year. Yeah. it's I, I don't hate that. If people are into it and want to watch it, cool. The demand is obviously still there because they're still making them. So, you know, that's fine. Detective Pikachu was great. Don't come at me about Detective Pikachu. I My expectations for Detective Pikachu, I was like, Hey, it's Pokemon in live action. Uh, look, it's a Bulbasaur. That's <laughs> that was my expectations, and I got that, and I loved it. It was great. I yeah. I, I didn't need anything more than that. I was like, this is, this is Pikachu. Cool. I mean, it's it's not like a good film with yes. acting and yes. such, right? You know, like yeah. the acting in that movie is pretty bad. But also, it's a movie for kids, and I don't care, because look at the fuzzy Pikachu, and look right. at the Bulbasaur, look at the Squirtle, look at the mm-hmm. little Eevee jumping around. Love that. That's all I wanted. Yeah. All I yeah. wanted was to look at some cute fuzzy Pokemon and have an inoffensive story, and I felt like it was a movie being made by people who cared. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And they had, they had some cute little moments in there. I thought some of the stuff was pretty... Like the Mr. Mime stuff, I thought we had had some good moments in it. You know, mm-hmm. it was... It was all right. It wasn't amazing, but it was just what I wanted out of that yeah. movie. Ethan, have you seen some of the other video game movies that have come out? <laughs> it's pretty it's all pro- right, my dude. It's probably one of the best video game movies that's ever existed. Yeah. yeah. It's by default. On a, on a regular movie scale, it's probably like a six out of ten or so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. On the, right. on the video game movie side of things, it's like a nine out of ten. Easy nine, easy nine, maybe a nine point five. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, thanks for the hot take. That was pretty hot. Uh, we've got an email here from Josh. This is about pizza toppings. Oh yes. All right, here we go. And this is a good email because it starts off with, "I've been making homemade pizzas for a few years now, and I have a few favorite uh, and have a few favorites of mine." You can't go wrong with the classic pepperoni and mushroom, yet a lot of pizza places do because they use canned mushrooms like some sort of psychopath. I saute my mushrooms. Other toppings I put on this pizza when I feel ambitious enough are sauteed yellow onions and uh, and red and green bell peppers. When these are added raw, they're very reminiscent of that WWE show. Just terrible. (laughs) Raw. It's good. I like it. I got Um, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also make buffalo chicken pizza. The sauce is just Frank's red hot sauce with butter. 
to this. I I had diced, I add, I think that's supposed to be, diced green onions for a nice bite. Another pizza I make is a take on uh, Philly cheesesteak. The sauce is a garlic mayonnaise. It's topped with shredded provolone cheese, diced steak, and sautéed green peppers and red onion, then drizzled with a cheese sauce made from sharp cheddar cheese. I've also made my own breakfast pizza with a feta cheese sauce for a base, slices of hard-boiled eggs, bits of bacon, sausage, sautéed mushrooms, peppers, and onions, and drizzled with a hollandaise sauce. Goodness me. Crikey! This is a good email. (laughs) This is a very good email. I want pizza. I will, <laughs> I will. I will say, I'm personally not a big fan of onions on pizza. I just that's just that's just me. I, th- I think the flavors clash a little bit, but everything else that was there sounds lovely, absolutely lovely. Mm. I'm gonna try like all of those pizzas. Yeah, man. That that Philly cheesesteak one. Garlic mayo with shredded provolone, diced steak, sauteed green peppers, and red onion, and drizzled with cheese sauce. Oof, oof, mm-hmm. oof, oof. Yes, please. Also, that pizza one sounds delightful. I love hollandaise sauce so much. Oh my god, it's genuinely one of my favorite things. I I always have too much of it at home. Yeah, because when I, whenever I do like a cooked breakfast, I'm like, oh, I'm having eggs and sausages on a bagel. Hollandaise sauce. Always, mm. always got to have it on the side. I love holiday sauce so much. Need um, a little bit of uh, eggs, Benny. Oh, best breakfast oh, in the world. Oh, oh man, oh. my Christmas morning breakfast every year mm. is eggs, Benny with holiday sauce, and just nice. Mm, it's the best meal of the year. I'm looking forward to it right now. Man, twenty four months to go, pouring a bit. God, crazy. Um, also, Josh continues to say, side note, on the peanut butter and pickle sandwich, I first heard of this sandwich in a 2002 Canadian horror film called Spliced, but I believe it was called The Wisher in Canada. Uh, in it, the mother made her daughter a peanut butter, pickle, and potato chip sandwich. Um, I tried it that night, and it was pretty good. I topped it with Lay's. Great. Right on. Right yeah. on. I, I've never tried those three things together. I think I've mm-hmm. put potato chips on a peanut butter sandwich when i was like a child um it's too much too much salt for for me personally Mm. i feel like every bite i take i feel like i need to wash it down with something and that's that's usually me with a peanut butter sandwich anyway it's just like i just need a glass of milk like right here just like every bite just gotta wash it down but adding the the chips to it was uh was a little bit too much pickles that's definitely Mm. fair that's very fair uh, we'll do one more email before we get out of here. Um, let's see. What's this one? Unpopular Marvel opinion. You've got my interest, Katie. Let's go, Ooh. Katie. Hi, Intangibles. My unpopular Marvel opinion is that the MCU genre as a whole is formulaic, overrated, and that they make entirely too many of them. I say this knowing entertainment is subjective and that my taste is, uh, my taste level is questionable as I choose to watch Raw and support hashtag Team Index. Lol. However... Question for you guys. My best friend adores all things Marvel and is completely indifferent to the world of wrestling. I've been working to normalize wrestling to my friends by trying to talk about the newsworthy uh, the newsworthy things and uh, relate them to their worlds. When AEW started opening the Forbidden Door, I was trying to compare my excitement about it to when the individual Avengers were coming together in movies in the MCU, with WWE uh, not playing with others as DC. Uh have you had any successful analogies for wrestling that translate well to non-wrestling fans? I adore the industry, but struggle to find ways to bring in new fans in the 30-something female demographic. LIW444 life. Thank you very much, Katie. 
So firstly, let's let's talk about the Marvel thing first. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the 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 unpopular Marvel opinion. I half agree with you. I half agree with you. A lot of the early Marvel movies were very formulaic. It was basically the same story, just reskinned with a different hero. Like some of the early ones. Not Iron Man, that one was different. But a lot of them were just like, hey, it's good person. Here's their origin story. It's basically the same. Here's a villain that you don't care about, and they win. And that was it. But later movies started to get really creative when they started doing, here's a superhero movie, but a heist. Here's a superhero movie, but a teen comedy. Here's a superhero movie, but a, like a spy movie. All sorts of stuff. I I thought it was really, once they started to diversify a little bit, I think they, they changed it up enough. And then you had Infinity War and everyone was just like, (laughs) 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 what's this? The bad guy won? What? Uh, Yeah. So I agree with you until a point, and then they actually changed up a bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't think saying that the MCU is like overrated and and formulaic, and there's too many of them, is even necessarily a hot take. Mm. You know, if you're speaking in a room full of Marvel fans, yeah, that might you know turn some heads and and light some some torches and pitchforks and whatnot. Yeah. But but on the whole, if you're just talking with like normal non-fans i think that's a pretty safe opinion to have you'll still see like a bunch of formulaic marvel movies kind of come through the pipeline like i mean yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen uh, black widow but everything that i've heard about that is just like it's a marvel movie mm-hmm. again yeah and there's still a bunch of those that kind of sneak through every once in a while the ones that aren't like integral to the overall mcu plot like when you get doctor strange one and ant-man mm-hmm. and ant-man 2 and such and such it's just like well this is iron man but small or this yes. is iron man but through a kaleidoscope so i i agree with that i can still watch them and enjoy them but they're the i can tell the ones that i won't go back and see are the mm-hmm. ones that are a bit more formulaic um i forget what the second part of that uh, whole question was oh introducing people to wrestling i don't yeah. do that because i like my friends yeah that's fair and also because Generally speaking, my friends are also into wrestling anyway, so I've never really had to try and convince people why wrestling's good. And also, I don't want to convince people why wrestling's good because it's not. Um, yeah. I mean, that's not true, but you know what I mean. Because the thing you want to show them is WWE, and you don't want to show them WWE because WWE's bad, isn't it? Yep. Anyway, sure is. that's going to do it. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for your emails, everyone. Uh, that's going to do it for another episode of the Russell Talk podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. I'm so excited for this month to get back to the office. Oh, my God. Uh, please keep listening it's going to be a good time Um, thank you for listening we love you very much stay safe goodbye hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.